KH 3650 Physiology of Exercise Lecture Tuesday, October 27th, 2009 Anabolic Androgenic Steroids This podcast will uh, go in conjunction with the uh, PowerPoint file titled Anabolic Androgenic Steroids If we look at the outline, we're going to talk about the description definition of steroids uh, process of muscle protein synthesis uh, the steroid hormone uh, pathway, adverse effects of steroid use, uh, how they're used by athletes, uh, results of uh, controlled research studies, uh, case study, and then finish up with uh, a uh, drug that's often used uh, as an ergogenic aid along with uh, steroids, uh, human growth hormone. Okay, so if we move on to slide number three in the PowerPoint, um, we hear this term a lot, steroids, and uh, we know that they're typically used as an ergogenic aid, typically in, in, uh, uh, for athletes trying to improve their performance in some sort of strength or power type of uh, event. What are these things exactly? Um, steroids are synthetic derivatives of the uh, male hormone testosterone. They're developed uh, as drugs for legitimate clinical use, um, particularly, for example, for men, uh, what are referred to as hypogonadal. If their own uh, bodies or own testes are not producing enough testosterone, then they can get uh, injections or an oral uh, uh, version of this uh, drug to try to bring their testosterone levels up to, to normal levels. But we began to see the use by athletes probably in the 1950s um, because if these drugs are available to bring people with low levels up to normal. If you've got somebody with normal levels, they can take these drugs and get uh, uh, heightened levels of synthetic testosterone in the body that will hopefully uh, provide beneficial effects. Uh, primarily used by power and strength athletes, although as we'll see in a bit, uh, that's, that's not always the case. They are properly referred to as anabolic androgenic steroids. The term anabolic meaning tissue building and specifically in this case stimulating muscle protein synthesis. Uh, the term androgenic uh, means masculinizing. Uh, this, the uh, uh, hormone testosterone is largely responsible for male secondary sex characteristics. So, are, so there are those things that go along uh, with the use of these drugs as well, which we'll discuss uh, in a moment. If we move on to slide number four, uh, which is figure 5.2 from your textbook, um, this is a figure we've seen before with the muscle adaptation, but in this case it accurately does depict the action of uh, a steroid hormone uh, like testosterone. If you look down in the lower left corner, you see the little triangle with the H in it, uh, which would be would stand for the hormone. Um, it essentially produced by tissues in the body, in this case testosterone, primarily produced in uh, the testes, secreted uh, into the bloodstream, circulated through the body, where this hormone reacts with a receptor protein on the cell membrane, in this case a, a muscle cell membrane. Uh, so we can see that there, where the receptor is there in sort of the pinkish color, uh, it then sets into effect a variety of what are called post-receptor events. In this case, uh, essentially turning on the, the DNA, the genes in the muscle cell nucleus, 
to start the process of transcription and translation uh, to crank up the protein synthesis process in the muscle. So we talked earlier where muscle contraction producing force by muscle can stimulate this process. This is an instance where a hormone can do that. Uh, it happens on a normal daily basis as uh, we've got muscle protein turnover, but obviously the idea with um, uh, taking anabolic androgenic steroids is that we increase the levels of this hormone or synthetic hormone in the body over what's uh, normally attainable in an attempt to produce uh, additional or excess muscle protein synthesis. So as we can see in our cartoon, the testosterone obviously is responsible for the uh, androgenic uh, male secondary sex characteristics. And in this case, uh, these two uh, weightlifters have confused estrogen, which is the you know, responsible for more of the female secondary sex characteristics. And as we'll see with the metabolism of uh, testosterone, uh, this is actually not an uncommon occurrence in people who take high levels of anabolic androgenic steroids, which we'll uh, describe in just a minute. Actually, we'll describe it now. If we move on to slide number six, uh, this is a bit of a complicated slide showing the uh, uh, synthesis pathways of, of uh, um, a variety of different hormones. If you start in the upper left-hand corner, it all starts with cholesterol. And the first column, if you will, there is the mineral ocorticoid pathway leading to the um, synthesis of aldosterone, which is a hormone that helps with the body fluid regulation. The middle column there is the glucocorticoid pathway, which leads to the development of cortisol, which is a hormone that is involved in metabolism. And as we move over to the right-hand column, we see the androgen and estrogen pathway, where, again, if we start with cholesterol, we move from left to right, and there is what's called a prohormone, DHEA, which then goes to another prohormone uh, called androstenedione, or andro, and then finally leading to the, uh, the last chemical step, the uh, synthesis of testosterone. But then if we look at, at how testosterone is further metabolized, it can either be uh, reduced to dihydrotestosterone and excreted through the urine, or it can be uh, converted into, into estradiol, which is a, uh, a form of estrogen. And we'll come back to this slide and talk about uh, what happens when people try to manipulate uh, the levels of either the hormone testosterone or of the uh, pre-hormones, the DHEA or the androstenedione. Now, most of you are probably familiar with the notion or the idea that there are lots of uh, adverse effects uh, along with uh, steroid use and abuse. Uh, I, I like to use the term adverse effects, and a lot of people say um, uh, side effects, but there aren't really anything such as side effects. They're just drugs like this have effects. We just tend to characterize the ones that we don't like and don't want to happen as side effects, but they're all effects of this particular drug. The one we're looking for, or the, the athletes are looking for, is the increase in muscle size and, and strength and speed and power. Unfortunately, there are a variety of different um, uh, adverse effects. Now, they can be serious. Uh, in the next few slides come from information uh, published by the Gatorade Sports Science Institute. And I like how they lay them out because um, there's, there are some degree of scare tactics associated with uh, talking about steroids. 
and certainly there are uh, potentially life-threatening effects but as uh, slide 7 indicates these are fairly infrequent and are typically a result of um, extreme abuse of steroids but they can result in, in um, uh, ad extreme adverse effects on the liver particularly tumors uh, cancer uh, liver cancer uh, blood-filled cysts, uh, blockage of the bile ducts, can also result in kidney tumors, prostate cancer, and uh, acute psychosis or, or psychological effects. Now there, there are a number of less severe effects but they do uh, appear to be more common in uh, users of steroids. First of all, if women use anabolic androgenic steroids during pregnancy it can result in an inhibited development of the female embryo um, and in fact can result in an improper uh, uh, sexual development of uh, female embryos. Uh, when, uh, if uh, children are using anabolic androgenic steroids, uh, particularly before they're uh, fully mature, it can result in extreme virilization or uh, excess uh, male secondary sex characteristics, hair growth, etc. Uh, it can revolt, uh, result in premature cessation of bone growth, so those epiphyseal plates uh, close early, and so uh, essentially their, their height growth is stunted. And can also result in gynecomastia, which is a term for feminine breast development in, in both genders, males as well as females. And to understand that, if you return to slide 6, which shows that uh, with testosterone it can be metabolized uh, in one direction uh, and eliminated from the body but one, the other direction is that it's converted into estradiol which in essence is a female hormone so excess amounts of testosterone can actually result in excess amounts of estradiol which can lead to some of these um, uh, feminine characteristics like gynecomastia. Uh, in women uh, using Anabolic androgenic steroids can result in disruption or cessation of the menstrual cycle, atrophy of breasts and uterus, uh, clitoral enlargement, growth of facial hair, um, thinning of head on the hair on the head, uh, deepening of the voice. Again, these are all male male type secondary sex characteristics. Unfortunately, some of these uh, um, uh, adverse effects are are not reversible even after the the uh, uh, cessation of using the the drugs. In men, uh, decreased endogenous uh, production of uh, hormones, particularly testosterone, uh, testicular atrophy, sterility, and also gynecomastia. Again, the main reason here is because um, the body is seeing an enhanced level of this synthetic testosterone so the testes produce less of its own natural endogenous testosterone so you get testicular atrophy and, and sterility. Fortunately um, those are usually reversible, reversible although I find it uh, ironic that a lot of times uh, men will use steroids to uh, uh, strength train and, and get big muscles and get uh, um, this this large muscular uh, manly look and in fact uh, what happens is their testicles atrophy which I find ironic. Uh, in both genders uh, liver damage, um, 
lowered HDL cholesterol, which puts these uh, athletes at risk for heart disease if it continues for a long period of time. Uh, there's also psychological effects like aggressive behavior, mood swings, other psychological disturbances, uh, often referred to as roid rage, and then also uh, acne, um, severe acne, not just on the face, but also um, on the back, chest, arms, um, etc. Okay, well, who uses anabolic steroids? The, the predominant uh, athletes that use uh, steroids are strength and power athletes, bodybuilding, power events, sprints, uh, uh, throwers, shot put, discus, um, etc. Uh, an early survey of uh, athletes competing in the 1972 Olympics showed that 68% of uh, Track and field athletes, field, sprint, and middle distance runners used uh, steroids. And uh, in 1988, 17 to 20% of NCAA athletes uh, went surveyed at seven different universities. Now, a lot of this reporting has gone down, particularly because of the institution of uh, more rigorous drug testing. Now, some endurance athletes will also use steroids. They typically use them in much lower dosages. They're not trying to gain lots and lots of muscle mass, but these athletes engage in activities, as we talked about with the um, uh, muscle injury, if they're doing lots of long distance running, there's lots of uh, micro trauma to muscle. And a lot of cases, these athletes will use steroids at low uh, dosages to try to enhance recovery from these workouts so that they're able to continue to train hard every day. Uh, slide number 13 is a uh, results of a survey that's uh, pretty disturbing from the uh, uh, from about 10 years ago or so, not quite 10 years ago, uh, showing anabolic steroid use in adolescents. And this is 8th, 10th, and 12th graders. And while the total percentage is not high, you can see the percentage um, on the, the y-axis or the, the vertical axis on the left, which is percentage who ever used steroids. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of one and a half to, to three percent. That's pretty disturbing when you think that any eighth, tenth, or twelfth graders are actually using steroids. So the, the use of these drugs is unfortunately fairly widespread. Now, how are steroids used exactly? Um, they typically come in two forms, uh, either an oral uh, form of the drug, which is obviously uh, consumed and then metabolized through the gastrointestinal system, or an injectable form, usually injected directly into muscle, uh, an IM, or intramuscular injection. Athletes also use these drugs uh, in, a, in combinations, and it's typically called stacking. Uh, what they'll do is they'll use different combinations at different times during the training uh, period and season to try to find the combination of drugs that results in the best result for the things that they're looking for, which is muscle and uh, uh, growth and increases in strength and speed and a lesser amount of adverse effects, um, uh, the adverse effects that we just talked about. Uh, dosage uh, athletes will use these drugs and one of the reasons you see these adverse effects is that they're they're used in anywhere from 10 to a hundred times the the typical therapeutic dose for these drugs so they're they're being taken in in very large quantities athletes will also cycle the use of these drugs that is they're used in various combinations and in a progressive increase typically during a 
part of their training cycle where they're um, uh, building and, and adapting and improving strength and speed and then they'll decrease um, as they come up towards competition or when they know drug testing is coming available or uh, during the off season they'll cycle off these drugs. Uh, these athletes will also use tactics um, to hide the use because most major international competitions are um, doing drug testing and, and outlaw the use of anabolic androgenic steroids so they have to try to fool the, the drug testing and so what they'll do sometimes is use drugs that are called masking agents uh, for example like diuretics where they because most testing uh, uh, for illegal substances is done with urine so what they'll do is they'll take uh, diuretics to try to increase their urine output and try to dilute or flush the drugs out of their system faster. So the, the uh, banned drug list will contain not only uh, the drugs like the steroids, but also now has to contain the, the um, types of drugs like uh, diuretics that are used as masking agents. Now if we go to slide 15, it just shows some of the commonly used uh, steroids, the uh, oral drugs, uh, Dianabol, Winstrol, injectables like uh, Decadurabolin, um, Depotestosterone. Uh, interesting, the one down to the lower right, Equipoise. Um, because of the difficulty sometimes in obtaining these drugs from legitimate sources, uh, athletes will go to the extent of using drugs like equipoise, which uh, if you see the prefix E-Q-U-I, equa, it uh, stands for equine. Uh, so sometimes athletes will take drugs that were actually developed and meant for uh, horses. Now, uh, if you look at the results of uh, steroid research, it's, it's a little difficult to interpret. Um, and for a long time, the, the medical and research community, I think, did the athletics a disservice, essentially just by saying, you know, don't take steroids because they're dangerous and they don't work. Um, part of the reason that the conclusion was made that they don't work is that it's very difficult to perform uh, real controlled studies. Because the, the, the problem is with human subjects, what you have is a legitimate drug that's... Uh, there for use for a legitimate clinical purpose. However, by the, the ethics that are associated with working with human subjects, you can't give subjects a drug that is in excess of what would be the typical therapeutic dose. So research studies were, that were approved where you can give athletes uh, uh, steroids and give other athletes in, a, in the control group a placebo typically have not shown that the steroids result in greater speed or greater strength um, or greater power probably because the measurable benefit is not uh, um, you can't see the measurable benefit at those low therapeutic doses so uh, there are some studies that uh, have used self-selected subjects that is you get a, a, a pool of subjects and some of those people will say you know I don't mind using steroids so I'm gonna go ahead and, and uh, get those steroids and use them on my, my own and then other subjects <coughs> would say I don't want to use steroids so I'll be in the control group you lose some of the uh, rigor of the research design there because the uh, uh, you lose kind of the random assignment um, 
but nonetheless, that's that's uh, uh, a necessity in this this type of instance. The other reason is because there are some psychological effects to having this uh, excess amount of testosterone in the body. Um, people are more aggressive, they feel less fatigue, they recover more quickly, and so they they typically exhibit greater intensity during their workouts. And so sometimes you don't know uh, if um, you know, is it the hormone that's having a physiological effect in stimulating more protein synthesis and more muscle growth, or are the muscles growing more just because these athletes are more aggressive and they want to train harder? So it's a, a little difficult to, to um, tease out some of the, the real reasons of um, uh, the benefit of steroid use. So if you go to slide 17, that uh, the effective therapeutic dose of steroids on strength and power. This gives the results of a particular study <clears throat> that was published in 1983 that looked at um, the ability to produce uh, force, strength, or, or uh, torque on a strength measuring device. Um, when individuals were given either testosterone, uh, synthetic testosterone, or nandrolone, which is an antibiotic anabolic androgenic steroid or a placebo in a blind fashion but they were given only up to the maximum therapeutic dose and both in strength and in body composition there were no significant differences in the athletes in any of the groups and so the authors concluded there was no significant androgenic anabolic steroid induced changes in measures of body composition uh, and uh, for neuromuscular power or strength. Okay, so in other words, study like this would conclude anabolic steroids didn't have an effect. But if we look at uh, slide 18, it's a result of a study of self-selected steroid use, <clears throat> where uh, competitive uh, weightlifters uh, either selected themselves into the control group where they got no steroids, or an experimental group where they they took the steroids. Um, and if you look at the graph on the lower left, at the bottom you can see the x-axis is weeks of training. And so strength training for that entire group, right under that the control group trained for 30 weeks with, without drugs. And then underneath that the experimental group. Notice that they took the steroids for 24 weeks and then they kept uh, collecting data for three weeks uh, after they had stopped uh, taking the drugs. <clears throat> And uh, on the y-axis is their uh, percentage of increase in their squat lift. So in other words, a, a strength training move, the squat. And you can see over the first six weeks of training, really no difference in the two groups. But then after six weeks, uh, with continuing the intense training, big divergence in uh, improvement. Now the control group uh, continued to improve up through about 24 weeks. But if you look at the <clears throat> experimental group getting the steroids, they improved their uh, their their squat uh, significantly greater and, uh, to a greater degree. And if you look at uh, from 24 weeks to 27, they continued to improve the strength, the amount of weight they could lift in the squat uh, for three weeks after they quit using the drugs. So um, most definitely a significant enhancement in strength development. Uh, when taking steroid, steroids versus not. And then uh, not as dramatic but the same type of pattern you see in isometric uh, force production 
Again, not a whole lot of difference over six weeks or so, but as these hormones start to crank up the uh, protein synthesis machinery uh, in conjunction with an, uh, an intense training program, a uh, marked increase in uh, strength development over uh, 27 weeks of training uh, with steroids versus uh, without. So what do, what do steroids do? Um, first of all, again, increased protein synthesis in the muscle, so we synthesize more actin and myosin, more contractile protein. Um, more muscle protein means uh, greater ability to produce force. They all also counteract or decrease to some extent the action of catabolic hormones like glucocorticoids um, because intense training, uh, you can think of it as being catabolic to, to sort of break body down whereas these uh, hormones will allow the body to reverse that state and get back into an anabolic or tissue building state more quickly. Um, results in an increased myosin ATPase activity, so an increased ability to produce, for, produce the energy for force production, and a decrease in capillary density, decrease in mitochondrial volume, um, mainly because we're doing mostly anaerobic activity, and increasing the amount of contractile tissue in the muscle so the aerobic capacity as reflected by capillary density and mitochondrial volume go down. There's also some ad adverse effects on the heart muscle uh, tissue itself that there's some disruption of the mitochondria in the heart muscle and some mitochondrial hypertrophy that um, is actually more of a pathological type of hypertrophy. But Bottom line is that the anabolic androgenic steroids help increase the, the uh, muscle protein synthesis. Uh, and again, not just a magic pill. It doesn't happen if you just take the pill or take the injection and sit around and don't do anything. Works really in conjunction with an intense training program. Okay, well, a, a, a case study of... of um, uh, the re potential ramifications of anabolic androgenic steroid use, and that's uh, uh, an athlete named Ben Johnson. Um, uh, slide 20. He was a, uh, uh, I think he was born in Trinidad, Tobago, but was a uh, Canadian citizen, so he uh, ran on the Canadian national and Olympic team. And by 1987, had become the fastest sprinter in the world. He uh, had set a world record and won the World Cup in 1987 in the 100 meters. Um, so he went into the Seoul Olympics as the heavy favorite, uh, won the 100 meter finals, won the gold medal uh, in a world record 9.79 uh, seconds. Just to give you an indication, that time was not broken in the 100 meters uh, legitimately for 20 years. It wasn't broken until last year. Um, so he set a, a, an astounding time. However, uh, probably the reason he set an astounding time is because he subsequently tested positive for steroids. He had his gold medal taken away. Um, because of his admitted use of steroids, uh, it it provoked a, a uh, an investigation of the entire Canadian track and field team uh, by the Canadian government and as a result of that he testified under oath to a, a seven-year systematic use of, of anabolic steroids and so he was uh, banned from international competition for two years. Well if you go on to slide 21 
he served out his two-year suspension and, and trained, uh, apparently trained clean during that period of time. So he came back in 1991 to international competition. Um, but the best he could do was uh, a time uh, in the 100 meters that season that would rank him only 22nd in the world. And so this illustrates one of the insidious things about the use of these drugs because with you know, clearly he was a, a, a world-class sprinter uh, without using the drugs, but the use of anabolic steroids allowed him to, to be ranked number one and be a, a, a world champion and a world record holder. So I think the pressures of, of that level of competition get to people, and when he, when he found out he couldn't get to that same level um, uh, just training without the use of the drugs, uh, then he turned uh, apparently turned back to using them again. So in 1993, he, he ran a time in an indoor meet in the 50 meters, which is only four one-hundredths of a second away from his own uh, world record in that event. Um, so it looked like he had regained his, his uh, world-class and, and world record uh, uh, sort of status. However, he uh, positive, uh, tested positive again for steroids, and this time was uh, banned from international competition for life. And so in this case, uh, somebody uh, used these particular drugs to try to get to the top and did get to the top of his particular sport, but uh, wound up having that uh, taken away and uh, forfeited uh, uh, millions in, in uh, uh, potential income because of the use of these drugs. Okay, and then lastly, human growth hormone, um, which is a hormone that's uh, produced by the anterior pituitary, which we, we do have uh, synthetic versions of, um, again, primarily for people with uh, particularly children and growth and development when their bodies are not producing an adequate amount of uh, human growth hormone. Uh, if the pituitary secretes an excess amount uh, as when children are growing, it results in gigantism. You know, when those epiphyseal plates are still open, uh, people grow to uh, very, very tall heights. Um, if it occurs in adults, uh, when the epiphyseal plates have already closed, then instead of uh, growing, uh, the bones growing long, they, they thicken. And this can be seen also in the face, in the hands, uh, in the feet. Um, a term is called acromegaly, which is sort of that uh, big, thick, prominent uh, uh, forehead or, or, or brow um, because of the, the uh, stimulation to the uh, excess uh, deposition of bone. And human growth hormone, instead of acting more directly on muscle tissue, um, it does increase protein synthesis, but it's mostly connective tissue. Um, one of the reasons athletes use this is because with steroids, it increases the, the uh, synthesis of muscle tissue, which can easily outpace the, the changes in connective tissue, and muscles can get big enough that they can cause damage. And so a lot of times athletes will use the human growth hormone for either repair and recovery from injury or to make sure that the connective tissue is um, uh, growing along at a, at a pace that matches their increases in strength and power. Uh, unfortunately, chronic use in human growth hormone can result in uh, diabetes, uh, certain types of uh, pathology in the muscle, muscle diseases, um, and can in fact result in uh, a shortened lifespan. Okay, so and similar with this uh, PowerPoint, I'll uh, finish up the uh, summary 
kind of review questions or review points on there and get those posted and we'll have an opportunity in class to go through this and you can ask questions about steroids.